Welcome to this week's edition of the Colourful Kit Podcast Extra. Now today I'm going to kick things off with a question which will be the basis for the big topic and it comes from at Kevster2 who asks what other hidden gems are there besides Vialpando and Mateus Gonzalez that you like? So great question and gives me the opportunity to have a little chat about yeah, some of the players that I've been really impressed with in the past couple of seasons, I guess, uh, that that don't make the headlines, that that haven't um, made it big reputation-wise, and perhaps, well, in many cases, ha- haven't been given as many opportunities as I'd have liked to have seen. So, I'm going to start by going through some Mexican players and. These players were included in an article I wrote last season about um, some underrated Mexican attackers. So I'm going to start with probably, well, after Villal Pando, um, who, yeah, is, uh, well, uh, I don't know if you saw the tweet I sent out, but, um, and the video I did with Soccer Nerds about Villal Pando's stats from last season, but he, he was as good as uh, Obilin Pineda statistically so uh, ridiculously underrated player anyway after him I would probably say the most underrated Mexican player right now for me would be Rodolfo Vilchis who has just never got much of a chance Uh, since 08-09 when he made his debut for Morelia he has averaged just over four and a half games per season not enough of a chance uh, to me, and he's fantastic, uh, and he showed that last season. He picked up, I think it was three goals, three assists in Liga Mekis. He um, scored the game-winning free kick in the Copa Mekis semi-final for Morelia against Cruz Azul. And he was um, crucial in Morelia staying up. He came on as a sub in that last game against Monterrey when they needed a goal he picked the ball up on the right hand side and put in a great cross which was flicked on by Sansores and turned in by Rui Diaz so it was crucial for them there he's become somewhat of a bench option often coming on as a sub for Morelia but in all honesty he looks he looks just as good he looks better he looks better than Jefferson Cuero for me he looks just as good, if not better, than Andy Polo. He is very, very quick when running with the ball. Extremely tricky. He's got a lot of skill on him. Um, very close control when he's dribbling. And he's got a really good eye for a pass as well. And I think he's been uh, really hard hard done by, to be honest. He's been held at Morelia for so many years and, and hasn't really done much. That He did get a chance when he went on loan to Leones Negros. And I was really impressed with him then. So he's a guy I love, Rodolfo Vilchis. If you ever are watching him really a game and he, he, he comes on, maybe even if he's lucky enough, gets a start, uh, keep an eye and I think you'll be impressed. Another guy who is a teammate of Vilchis, a similar player in, in many ways, is Jorge Zarate, who isn't quite as quick or as good at dribbling as Vilchis, but his vision of pass is probably even better um, he's got fantastic um, vision and whenever I see again whenever I see him play I'm always 
really impressed, uh, particularly when he gets into a number 10 role and gets to get on the ball and, and have the, all the options, that, uh, all the passing options that you get by playing centrally rather than out wide when you're limited to just passing to 50% of the field. You know, in a league where we've seen so many uh, tricky, fast wingers um, like Jefferson Cuero is a great example of one of these guys, or like a Jürgen Dam or a Joao Rojas, they lack that final ball, they lack that creativity, um, you know, the accuracy of the pass, and we saw this this weekend, I mean, how many times did Jürgen Dam give the ball away in the end? I, I know it was 14 times in the first 32 minutes, I think it was. You know, and, and Zarate is a player that may be less likely to blow past an opponent, but he's not going to give the ball away as much, and he's going to be more likely to combine well in the final third I think and again I think a player who's really unlucky to have not have received more opportunities in in the years a few more that have, have impressed me not from Morelia uh, one who's past his best now he's I think he's at Dorados in the Ascenso and that's Flavio Santos now if anyone uh, listening to this um, was a fan of Flavio Santos when he was at Puebla Atlas. Um, please message me because I've never heard anyone apart from myself talk about him. Never heard anyone mention his name. And he used to be one of my favourite players when I first got into Liga Mekis and he was at Puebla for like the first couple of seasons. Um, Puebla, when they were playing the Saturday game, the early kickoff on Saturday, uh, and they were fantastic. I, I, I remember, I think they always played at the same time as Cruz Azul, and I always found myself far more drawn to watching the Puebla matches. I always thought Puebla were a really entertaining side to always try to get on top when they were playing at home, and um, yeah, try to, to dominate the opposition. Um, got the ball wide, used the space, pushed players forward and had a lot of trickery in the side and, and none more so than Flavio Santos. I, I I said in this article, is there a Mexican player with as much flair as Flavio? I'm not sure there is. So much flair. I mean, he's not a particularly, he's not particularly intelligent in terms of uh, pragmatism or in terms of his, his movement off the ball. I mean, he, he just sort of stands around. <laughs> but... <laughs> When he got on the ball, it was just a joy. It really was. He, he was. He's like a Ruben Botta kind of guy, you know, someone who, who I'd be sitting watching the game. He's got go on, give it to Flavio, give it to Flavio. And every time he got the ball, it was edge of my seat. Right, what's he gonna do? What's he gonna do? What's he gonna do? And so many times he just came up with something ridiculous that very very few players would think of. Uh, a great entertainer and someone who I think hasn't been utilized as well as he could have been. Urbin Trejo is another player who I think is massively underrated. I mean, he, he, he never got a chance in Toluca for years. Um, seven sub-appearances in his first four years with Los Diablos Rojos. Seven sub-appearances in four years, and he stayed there. Until last year, Hernan Cristante brought him into the side, and I, I'd been impressed with him for years in Copa Mekis. Um, yeah, he finally got some games, and and then bizarrely, just as he got into the team and done well, I thought, gets sold on, and um, Carretero has 
perhaps a difficult place to be right now, but um, yeah, he, he he hasn't quite um, got going there, I'd say. Uh, a good all-round midfielder, again, um, I think he's very clever, actually, Trejo, very clever. Yeah, good dribbling, um, quick for a, for a you know, midfielder slash winger, pretty versatile player. Uh, good dribbler, you know. I, I think he's got a lot of attacking qualities that, again, haven't been made the most of over the years. Um, perhaps, like all these players, they, they've suffered. And this was my point of writing the article because, statistically, there are there is a statistically more than fifty percent of the attackers in Mexico in the Gamekis are foreign, and more than fifty percent of the defenders in the Gamekis are Mexican. So there's a, a bias towards foreign attackers and uh, domestic defenders. And, and I think all these players have suffered from that bias and, and teams have regularly, rather than giving these guys a chance, just kept them around for Copa Mekis for the bench and, and you know brought in a, a foreign player each season or every couple of seasons and, and played them. And, um, you know, don't... this. This is not me saying that there should be uh, foreign player rules or anything. It's it's you know teams have every right to go out and buy foreign players if they want to, um, and foreign players should have every right to come and play in Mexico. They should not be judged upon what country they were born. They had you know no one no one picks the country they're born in. But I think these players have been hard done by by a, a bias towards the foreign attacker, um, which I don't know why it exists. I speculate that it's because foreigners are seen as um, something different, you know, um, out of the ordinary, and that's the sort of thing we want from our attacking players. Uh, at the same time, the Mexican defenders have benefited from a bias where, again, my theory is that we, we see domestic, you know, um, national players as uh, as solid, dependable, we, we know what to expect from them, and that's the sort of thing you want from a defender. So yeah, I think these players have been hard done by. Last one I'd mentioned who's Mexican, who I put in this article, was uh, Angel Gaspar. If you if you know the name, I, I'm quite impressed to be honest. I think he made two league Mekis appearances for Atlas, uh, and I, he also made a few in Copa Mekis. I don't know if he's even at Atlas anymore. I think he may have left. He may be um, a free agent now, but. I loved him. I thought he was brilliant. He was one of those guys that I only saw for a couple of Copa Mekis games, one or two Liga Mekis games. Not enough to fully judge him and make a full, form a full opinion. But he looks like a real raw talent. I mean, very technically gifted and very creative. He he looked like a guy who really could produce something out of nothing. And his sort of um, you know, flash of games at, at Atlas came and went in, in the blink of an eye and haven't seen or heard of, of him since. Um, I think he was on loan in the Ascensor last year and yeah, like I said, I'm not sure anyone if he even is still at Atlas or where he is now, but um, yeah, if anyone knows, like, just just like go, if you have an Ascenso team near you, go like, bombard them with emails or I don't even know just go bombard them tell them to sign Angel Gaspar I, th I think he's a, a interesting player someone who could do something so 
Um, he is certainly the most under the radar player uh, I've got in, the, in this list today. Let's move on to a couple of foreign players that I think are worth mentioning. Um, first of all is Brian Bekeles. I mentioned him in a tweet this weekend because he was absolutely fantastic for Lecaxa against Chivas. He was one of the highest players in terms of tackles per game last season. I think he made six tackles on Saturday. So he's a really good ball winner. He's physical. Uh, he's strong. He gets down the wing well. He almost had a couple of assists on, on Saturday with some good crosses. I think he's an all-round fantastic right-back and a guy who came from the Ascenso with Nakaxo and, and has made that step up to Liga Mekis and, and made that step up really, really well. It doesn't get a mention. I, I've barely heard it, but for me, one of the best right-backs in the league right now. And great to have um, a Central American doing well in Liga Mekis. There aren't enough, in my opinion. Final guy to mention is someone who's just joined Lobos Bwap, which will make Lobos Bwap even more entertaining than they currently are. There are rumours and lots of stuff about some misdemeanours, let's say. I'm not going to go into it uh, to do with this player, but so far there's been no prosecution. So um, he may end up playing for Lobos Bwap. Last year he was at Chiapas. He is Jonathan Thabro. I thought he was amazing last year. I mean, I, he's he's not someone you can get much in terms of work rate, but um, clever in the very small movements off the ball to, to create little pockets of space. His ball control, his touch is phenomenal. Uh, up there with the best in the league. Uh, he has, he just got that, that unbelievable technical class to like I said, control the ball to to play the those passes to the pinpoint accuracy. Um, free kicks are superb, and he 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 looks like one of those players who, yeah, I guess he's he's a botter kind of player. He he looks like one of those guys who doesn't almost doesn't care whether what he's doing is the most effective solution to his problem. He, it looks like his decision making is just like, oh, how can I have fun here? How can I entertain? Um, how, how, like, what's the most ridiculous thing I can do on the ball right now? And that's just so much fun to watch. And um, he, he was fantastic. He was really effective, I, I thought, for Chiapas last season as well, in uh, amazing play style. Uh, if, if he plays for Lobos, I think there's a spot up for grabs. Um, in the Lobos team, even though they've been doing so well. Amaria Scotto uh, in the front three has been pretty ineffectual. The two Quinones brothers has been out, have been outstanding, and I think the Scotto position is, is, is up for grabs. Um, it's Fabro the Mike Man to come in. They seem to uh, be prioritising a lot of movement off the ball, so perhaps not, but stick him in there. Get the two Quinones brothers playing off him. That could be very, very, very fun to watch. So... Um, Keep an eye on that. There you go, guys. Uh, those are some of my um, favourite under-the-radar players uh, and players that I would highly encourage you to keep an eye out on if they get some game time. The obvious choice for Player of the Week this week would be Carlos Sanchez after picking up a goal, two assists, uh, and making significant defensive contributions for Monterrey against Tijuana. But I've decided to go for Miguel Fraga because you know, goalkeepers don't get enough for mention. I think this is a perfect opportunity to give a goalkeeper some spotlight. And 
you know, Fraga was um, outstanding. He was unfortunately on the losing uh, team against um, Toluca. And, and you're thinking, he conceded three goals. How good was he? Well, he made nine saves on the day, including a penalty save. And nine saves is extraordinary. That is a ridiculously high rate. You very rarely uh, see a keeper making that many saves. So, you know, massive, massive credit to him for his performance. And um, he's an interesting one to keep an eye on this season because if Talavera doesn't get back to a full quality, you know, back to form after his lengthy injury at his age, there is a definite spot up for grabs in the Mexico national team as a, you know, backup keeper uh, for the World Cup and Fraga went to the Gold Cup and I think he he's in with a shout you know I I think Rodolfo Cota is ahead of him right now and he should be ahead of him but uh, you know you never know we've got a we got a season to go and Fraga could uh, get himself in the mix um, if not get himself on the plane okay let's get to the rest of your questions this week and We'll start with a couple from Ivan Pineda at Ivan Pineda 83. First one he asks is, what type of players would we see playing in Liga Mekis if Liga Mekis had Premier League money? Premier League players? <laughs> uh, I still think you wouldn't get the very top players because Europe, because of the Champions League, is the place to be for prestige. And... Players' heads can obviously be turned by money, and, and lots of players will be turned by money. Look at you know, the amount of players going to China, and it's completely understandable when uh, so many players, top players, you know, this, is, this is the world's game now, but originally football was more of a working-class sport, and so many players, so many great players come from working-class backgrounds, and um, particularly those great South American and African players come from poverty and um, the money they can make from football is the opportunity to give themselves security financially for their life as well as their family and, and the more money they make the more family members they can help the more friends they can help the better a life they can create the, the more they can do for charity and, and things like that which are, are very important to many players so you know, I I get annoyed when people. I understand the frustration, but I do get annoyed when people get annoyed at footballers for going to China for the money, and people are like, "Oh, you just go for the money. That is terrible." But I mean, morally, like the stuff you can do with money is surely more important than trophies you can win in your career. You know, of of all the most of all the unimportant things in the world, football is the most important. But it's still unimportant in the grand scheme of things, uh, and it, I think it's important uh, to remember that. Anyway, what type of players would we see? Yeah, I, I don't think you'd see loads of top players. I think you'd also still see most of the players being Spanish speakers, 
or a lot of the players that would come in would be Spanish speakers because it's a lot easier to adapt um, to life in Mexico if you speak Spanish. Uh, we see it here. I mean, how many foreigners come in that aren't Spanish speakers? Barely any, if, if any at all. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tough question to answer because there's so many, so many ways to go with it. But I think you, you'd see a lot of um, a lot of players from South America, you know, really the best of South American talent would come, and a lot of the best already does come. But you would see, absolutely, I, I think Liga Mekis would become very competitive for you know some of the top young players coming out of Brazil and Argentina and Colombia, and, and that would be great. And, and I'd love to see that happen more now. Um, uh, but I, there would also be, I think, a lot more older stars coming in for the, the big reputation um, particularly to clubs with smaller fan bases to, to get the fans in but, you know Liga Mekis has a good amount of money um, and I think it's it's getting there one day oh well Premier League money is a, is a whole different world but um, one day I think I think it's going to keep increasing and that, that's that's it's good for the league a couple more questions to go at Kevster2 um, asks, any thoughts on Roberto De La Rosa's two hat-tricks in two games uh, at Torneo for Naciones? Uh, my thoughts are he's 17 and it's too young to judge. Um, too many times people get excited about players at like, the under-17, under-18 level and they just don't make it. It's, it's too young. Um, you know, It's different with a player like Linus because he's actually playing against... He's played against um, players in Liga Mekis and he's done well it's a different world youth football particularly uh, at the younger age groups so uh, I don't like to look at it I, I don't think too much attention should be placed in it uh, two more at Garrett HR94 asks over thoughts on the whole Penenka situation this weekend irresponsible of Cecilio or just plain swag lol uh, plain swag, fantastic! Oh, it was just amazing. I, I was sitting there thinking, no way, no way, he can't. Surely he's not going to try a Penenka again. And of course he did, and he scored it, and it was one of my favourite Liga Mekis moments. And it was the sort of moment that, yeah, I can't say it, you only get from Liga Mekis because I haven't watched every single football match in every single league around the world. But it's the sort of moment that you do get in Liga Mekis that you don't get in certainly many of the big leagues. You know, that's not going to happen in the Premier League. Come on, it's ridiculous. So you miss a Penenka in a game and take another one. It's just ridiculous. Um, it summed up what's great about Liga Mekis. It really did. And it made me think, when we've talked about like, marketing of the league, having English language output, like that sort of stuff. So many fans of leagues in Europe um, people in Europe, people around the world, not just in Europe, people from all over the planet who are massive fans of the EPL and the Liga, etc. If they saw that, if that was put out to them, this, you know, if, if they managed to to get some sort of output and, and get people to see what happened in this game, you know, put together, not quite as cheesy as the MLS do, but put together some sort of video, be like, you know, Miss the, just just indicate showing what happened, but sensationalizing it a little bit, um, which it doesn't really need. It was sensational in itself. If you had that, so many people would have their heads turned. I mean, I've told a 
couple my friends about it I've showed them the video and they're just amazed they're like this is ridiculous this is what what a thing to happen I still can't believe it to 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 take a Panenka after one had been missed in that match um pure swag plain swag sorry plain swag finally um one from at Ramsden Aaron who asks about the uh, Lobos Buap situation and um, to explain there was uh, there's been an incident where William Palacios who's a Colombian winger went out with Julian Quinones in Puebla after their victory on Saturday uh, Palacios got into a fight and um, has been released since there's talks that Quinones uh, Julian Quinones not Luis Quinones the younger brother uh, will be um, disciplined for this uh, although Quinones has come out in defence of Palacios um, so the question from at Ramsden Aaron is uh, could this upset the harmony of the squad potential consequences to performances yeah absolutely this this could be massive for them they've had such an amazing start to the season um, topping the table after three games really really impressive and again such a shame we couldn't watch what looked like a very entertaining match between them and Pachuca this weekend. But yeah, this is terrible news for the club. Um, and, you know, Julian Quinones, three goals in three games so far. How much will he be disciplined? They've got that, you know, difficult decision now of, of do they go full out and discipline him or, or do they not ban him for any sort of game because he's doing so well for them will this affect his mood will this affect his performances will dissent spread you know how much will Palacios be supported by his teammates and people think that he's been hard done by like Quinones appears to be or will people just shrug their shoulders and say well you know um, I didn't know him that well he wasn't really playing he'd only played 8 minutes this season I'm not too fast uh, we'll see Time will tell whether this impacts Lobos, but certainly uh, some very bad news after what has been such a good start to the season for them. Alright guys, that's it for this episode of the Colourful Kit Podcast Extra. Thank you to World Football Index for hosting this podcast, and do make sure to check out their feed for other fantastic soccer podcasts. Uh, if you don't already then you can follow me on Twitter at TomH underscore 36. This is the best way to keep up with all my output, whether it be podcasts, articles, or videos. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I will catch you all next week.